Hello everybody, good evening and you're very welcome to Tura Lura, the podcast where myself and Christian Dugstadt in Oslo are exploring folk songs and you're very welcome to our very first official real episode all about a song. Fantastic. I've been looking so much forward to this, Josh. Me too. Great to be live. On Paddy's day of all days. Jesus, can you believe it? I can't, but uh, we, we fell in there nicely getting our proper episode in on Paddy's day, I think. Basically, we're going to introduce you for a second to the show itself and the structure. And what we're going to do is each week we're going to take a famous or non-famous or big or small or all shapes and sizes folk song from anywhere in the world, particularly Ireland and Celtic traditions, maybe American at the moment. And we're going to spend some time taking these songs apart and exploring them and seeing what makes them tick, like we've said before. So we're going to see what's going on inside these songs and the crack and the non-crack that might be hidden within them. <laughs> and if you have any idea or wish for uh, a song that you think that we should do, then definitely hit us up on Podcast at gmail.com or our socials on Facebook, we're Turalura. On Instagram, we're at Turalura Podcast. So go on, send us a message. Go send on. Us, go on, <laughs> go on, go on. Go on. Fuck. Go on the fuck. Uh, send us like ideas for songs or or things that uh, you disagree with or agree with or segments that you think we should do or d- guests or anything at all. Yeah, even on the topic that we might be discussing on any particular week. Um, come in there, get your opinion in there and plug yourself as a guest if you feel like you have something to say. So today, Josh, today our song, our very first song was chosen with loads of care. Oh, it really wasn't, was it? <laughs> I don't know, like we, we chose it with care for sure, but it's an extra inkling of luck that it's being released on Paddy's Day because it's about a certain type of activity that takes place in abundance on this particular day. If I do say so myself. <laughs> well, sadly, this year with the with the COVID and everything, there won't be too much pub activity in, in Ireland or in Norway, but there certainly I can imagine there'll be a fair bit of drinking going on in the in the millions of homes around the world. For any of you out there that are fans of cider or whiskey, I don't know if you've ever tried to put them together, but that is the basis of what we're looking at today. A song all about something along those lines. <laughs> the song is the very famous Johnny Jump Up. And it's based on, the whole idea of the song is sort of based on a little bit of a questionable science theory that cider stored in or aged in whiskey casks uh, take on some special abilities and I took it upon myself Josh to to test this theory uh, or to try to bust the myth we can see what happens so you're telling me we've got an interesting little scene setting for this song today we do interesting okay then well I suppose all we can do is set the scene I'm a little bit self-conscious about doing this because I have a, a Norwegian-speaking audience here laughing at me, but this is what's going on. In front of me here in my kitchen in Oslo, Norway, I have three bottles of a reputable brand of Irish cider. This is Magnus 
from Clonmel, known as Bulmers, inside of the Republic of Ireland. But but Magna is here in Norway, and I'm going to perform a pseudo-scientific experiment here, uh, trying to mimic Johnny Jump Up. I, I don't think there's any truth in in what is stated in the song by the protagonist that after downing the third he went on out in the yard and he bumped into Brophy the big civic guard and then continuing to state that it wasn't me hit him was Johnny Jump Up so he claims that this Johnny Jump Up drink drives him absolutely mad after only three points so I have three points here of Magners I have a bottle of and I'm giving I'm giving Johnny Jump Up the benefit of the doubt here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pro- perform this this experiment with Redbreast 12, which is a cask strength whiskey. I'm not gonna do much because obviously Johnny Jump Up was cider brewed in the in the wi- old whiskey barrel, so there wouldn't be much whiskey in it. But I'm gonna give it a let's say a half shot. Okay, so let's do this. I'm gonna start off with one now and then I'll probably check in later. Point number one is consumed and we're going in for number two, still feeling relatively sane. I'm being filmed and made fun of, but that is okay. Feeling hyped, I suppose that's the sugars of the, um, of the cider, but but yeah, not, not in any way like more more influenced by the alcohol. When I hear my energy, I might be a little bit affected. Who knows? Okay, whiskey. That's it. Let's go for number two. It's launcher. Okay, so we're back again, ready for point number three. I'm definitely affected by the alcohol, but not not more than I would consider normal uh, after two pint bottles of cider, including one shot of of whiskey. Let's find some ice. I think, if anything, the sugar content in in the cider has. A very positive effect. Okay, so that's point number three ready. I'll check in after that. Slanchawa! Slanchawa! That's the sound of an empty glass. I am not inclined in any way to go outside, hit Brophy, the big civic guard. I'm not gonna blame the drink. I think we're gonna say that the myth is busted and I'm gonna find something else to drink. So did you get into trouble with all that madness? <laughs> I, I, not too much, honestly. Like, no, I didn't punch anyone. Uh, I, 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 I didn't do anything illegal. I, I kept my strict social distance. 
uh, from from me mates, uh, and I think that we can safely say that there's there's been uh, there's a myth that has been busted. But we'll get back into the talking about the bullshit in this song a little bit later, because uh, the song. Josh is Yeah the song in question Is in fact The infamous Johnny Jump Up A song that is Supposedly written And the date We're getting We're not getting Many Certain facts here When we look up This song And when we delve Into the story Of the song But the supposed Story around it Is that it's based On a story About cider Apple cider That was brewed In whiskey barrels Or stored In whiskey barrels And the whiskey The essence of the whiskey The lovely life Giving part Of that Ishkabaha seeped into the cider and it drove lads mad down in Cork. <laughs> but yeah. sure, lads down in Cork were mad to begin with, you know. All we really know, the only main fact we really know about this song is that it's written by a man by the name of Tyg Jordan. And we're getting that info straight from the horse's mouth from Jimmy Crowley, who was the man who supposedly originally collected the song and gave it to Christy Moore. It's probably Christy Moore who was the one that brought it to the mainstream, that made it famous and brought it to a wider audience and kind of... Like when Irish people hear songs like that from Christy Moore, they blow up straight away anyway, especially in the 80s, 90s, because Christy Moore was a superstar back then and everyone listened to every word he said. <laughs> but yeah, it's really interesting like about this song uh, to hear the story and stuff because, well, the, the vibe we're getting is that it came from around the 30s or 40s originally at a time when cider might not have really existed to much extent in Ireland and... What were the main drinks at the time? The main drinks at the time were porter, stout, whiskey, all of these things that the hard men drank in the bar. And they were probably, it is true that they were probably having trouble selling the likes of cider at the time if there was any cider being brewed at all. Yeah, yeah. So. And and we have found a few a few quotes uh, online. Like you you mentioned, Josh, uh, that that uh, it, it was written that Tyg, this Mister Jordan, was was a very like he he was a well known character in in the Cork music scene at the time. Yeah, there's a story here that I found on IrishMusicDaily.com. And like we said now, it's it's easy to question like the originality or the truth in any of these stories because there's no solid facts in anything we're finding. But we know his name was Tyke Jordan. We know to a certain extent that he probably did write Johnny Jump Up. And the story I'm getting here on Irish Music Daily is that there's a very popular story because he was a famous musician in his locality at the time that a local pub landlord asked him to write this song because it would encourage people to drink his cider and boost his business, because obviously he wasn't selling too much cider. It wasn't considered the hard, popular drink of the time. So obligingly, Ty came up with Johnny Jump Up, and on the basis that there's no such thing as bad publicity, sales increased. Now that's something interesting to go into maybe in a minute. There's no such thing as bad publicity. (laughs) The story, of course, as it says here, is almost certainly untrue, which is unfortunate, but the element of conspiracy theory about it reflects the surprise people might have felt at seeing a slang term for cider that they took for granted, suddenly being turned into a celebrated song. So there's that there's that hint straight away that you're looking at a form of very early on viral advertising. You're, you're playing mind games, you're brainwashing the people, you're sending it out in trad music, popular music songs, getting people to sing it when they're drunk and they're passing it on and advertising it without even knowing that they're 
walking advertisements. Yeah, yeah. You have talked to me a lot about the Blind Boy podcast, Blind Boy from the Rubber Bandits, and he actually talked about this song at at some point. <laughs> That's funny when you suggested to me to do this song for the podcast because the first thing that entered my head was, hmm, I was listening to the Blind Boy podcast recently and he actually talked about this song and he's not like one to talk about similar topics to us in general. But this particular episode he talked about folk music and he talked about Johnny Jump Up because it's one of his favourite folk songs that he first heard from Christy Moore and I found that really interesting so I went searching for it thinking that it was maybe a few weeks ago that I heard him talking about this and I realised very fast that it was April 2018 <laughs> that he released the podcast that featured Johnny Jump Up and he read out all the lyrics and he just went into a bit of detail about it and it's about a cider brewed in a whiskey barrel that makes me so mad that it causes me to box a guard in the face, makes a crippled man walk again and makes a dead man rise because he can't get into heaven because God wants some of the cider <laughs> it's it's fantastic and then he says that and then he says holy shit that's fucking songwriting <laughs> like you don't get songs like that anymore but but it's like irish themed songs are the best songs in the world <laughs> but i love how how he he passes off the the thing about the advertisement the story that that you've uh, just um referenced uh, as as truth though uh, and and says that yeah, it was as as far as as far as he's concerned he doesn't actually claim that it's 100% truth either but he's speaking as if it is in his own opinion based on what he read yeah. and i'm not actually sure where he got his sources from no like but, um, who knows and and we're not saying it's not true but i just love the 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 way he talks about it as he he calls it the the original or the first form of, of viral advertisement. In many ways, like regardless of whether that be true or not, even if no one ever asked Jordan to write the song to sell cider, the song, just the fact that it exists, sort of brings some uh, legi mm -hmm. legitimacy to cider as a, a very <laughs> like a very Irish drink, and it's like when when info and from stuff like this enters the mainstream and passes itself around in something that's popular to so many people, like a song, it can't but be popular in the physical form as well. I suppose like people are going to ask questions if the song is popular and they like it. They're going to say, "What's that about? Johnny Jump Up? It's a cider. What kind of cider? What's the story here? Let's check this out." You know, like, and back then it is plausible to say that no one was drinking or buying cider in traditional settings, which is what Blind Boy says in his podcast. Um, the episode, by the way, for Blind Boy's podcast is Fallon's Volume, and it's in April 2018, if anyone wants to check it out. But, um, yeah, so no one was buying cider in traditional settings. Yeah. So it is, it is plausible to imagine that people, owners of a bar or owners of a brewery, would want to commission something like this to try and convince the common people that are going out around the bars and the Irish folk scene that this is a legitimate drinkable drink that people can enjoy. So it has special qualities. How are we going to get that out to the people? I know. Yeah. Let's put it in the form of song where everybody can hear. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I I might just uh, read a couple of more quotes here that I found on a, a German website called My Songbook in a, in like a wor word art do you remember the old word art headlines that you used for school projects when <laughs> when you were a child? 
like the good times the, uh, golden golden gradient uh, font that that sort of waves up and down and says my songbook well it, they they have johnny jump up here and this is actually some of the best info that i found uh that has collected a few sleeve notes uh it seems like from from a couple of albums by uh, jimmy crowley and a songbook uh, or an album by Christy Moore called Songbook 53. Uh, so in 1977, uh, Crowley uh, uh, says that because of the general shortage of materials during the First World War, cider was stored in casks which had been used for maturing whiskey. The cider drew the spirit from the wood and as uh, and the result was Johnny, a cider so potent, as the song tells us, that it was a sure ticket to heaven. And then he talks a little bit about, like, to mention something from the song Up the Lee, uh, which implies uh, if, if, if you're from Cork, that supposedly uh, you, you would know that that's where the mental hospital is. And that's that's notes Jimmy Crowley uh, from The Boys of Fair Hill and then in 1984 in Songbook 53 Christy Moore uh, has written uh, that the song came to him from Jimmy Crowley from Cork who first uh, who I first heard singing it upstairs in a tent which is like in itself is an amazing <laughs> quote. <laughs> what does uh, that even mean? That's like? actually fantastic because that's just the epitome of what this song is standing for in terms of its origins. We we just don't know. Yeah, I think that might be where Christy was coming from as well. It could be part of the joke, like an in joke about how no one yeah. actually knows the origins of this song. Jimmy Crowley was singing it upstairs in a tent. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a Harry Potter style tent. <laughs> yeah, and and then just to to further. The mystery here. Jimmy Crowley then in 1998, uh, uh, no less than than uh, 20 years after the the previous quote that I mentioned, where he says during the First World War. Here he says during Hitler, the Hitler War, rations and restrictions were an everyday event. In the best uh, spirit of recycling, Bulmers of Clonmel stowed a new run of cider in all wooden whiskey barrels. Not. Uh, realizing that a delicious intercourse between the fresh young cider and the slumbering spirit would would <laughs> ensue, uh, this is the original ver- version given to me by its author. When then he talks about the lyrics, Tyg Jordan of Cork. Another story uh, goes that Tyg wrote the song to secure the threatened job of a friend who worked for the famous brewery, and then then he's. Obviously, referencing Bulmers again, uh, sales soared evidently after the success of the song, and subsequently the post was saved. So that's sort of touching on on the on the story of of it being advertisement, but but here it it looks like it's or it's being told as if he wrote the song just to save the brewery, uh, to save his friend's job. A lot of ambiguity going on there. Like, it's really hard to know what's true and what's not. Like, especially when he's contradicting himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know when we were gigging over the years, like, we always make up stories before the songs just to entertain the people, which might be what happened as well. Like, if this song is passing over the years, like, we have any number of stories being told before then it could be changed every time so songs and their origins become very ambiguous very quickly yeah and i imagine jimmy crowley would find this so 
uh, funny if if he knew and or if he knows that this site exists because because I know that I would imagine Jimmy Crowley being on tour uh, in in Germany uh, several times over the years and every time he tells like a bullshit story just to keep the audience lively he tells sort of a halfway bullshit story about uh, the song uh, and every time he changes it a bit because it's all just sort of made up anyway um, uh, and and then and then just imagine that that guy in, on the on the front row, that German guy on the front row, that just takes everything literally and he just notes it down like <laughs> and and puts it up on on his website with the word <laughs> art font saying my songbook Henry's songbook, and then uh, <laughs> and puts it up in 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 bullet points under Susanne's folk song Notizen. <laughs> I love it. It wouldn't be great for any uh, any folk music scholars either that'd be trying to reference people. Yeah, but but history I, of songs and notes. But I imagine like if I if if we were traveling and playing tunes uh, and and songs uh, uh, actively, and I knew that someone uh, took word for word whatever I introduced the song with and put it up on the website, I would make a point of of telling so contradicting stories every time just to just to fuck with them like it's it's amazing which might be what jimmy did yeah. jimmy was a bit of a comedian as well like in his day you know but but speaking of of jimmy crowley like uh obviously uh as far as i know there are no recorded versions of tyg uh jordan playing the song at least not on on streaming services but but there are versions of both christy moore uh, which is uh, the version that Blind Boy mentions. He he actually says that he first heard it from a drunken tour manager that was always singing it on the <laughs> sauce, and then he actually checked the song out, and he he really recommends Christy Moore's version. And <clears throat> and I w- it's kind of the definitive version. Oh I think. yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of people would consider Christie's one the it's the one that became mainstream, which is can be said for a lot of Christy Moore songs. Like they entered to the tradition through yeah, him. Absolutely. I I just want to say that uh, Jimmy Crowley himself uh, talks. If you want to hear him talk about the song in his own words, you could go to Spotify or any uh, any streaming service, and you could find his album. Uh, a live album called I believe it's called Uncorked I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. find it here now Uncorked exclamation It's nice and entertaining as well like Jimmy yeah. is a fantastic storyteller and speaker and, and uh, it's great to listen to like it's good fun it, it, it definitely is it's from 1998 Uncorked exclamation mark and if you if you look track number 8 there is Johnny Jump Up and if you want to hear him talk about the song in his own words just go to the song before The Voice of Fair Hill it's called uh, and uh, if you skip to the end of that I, like I don't see any point in skipping just listen through the song but at at around 3.45 in that track, he, he starts introducing the next song, which is Johnny Jump Up. And you can hear him talk a little bit about the, the cider and the whiskey, the whiskey casks and, and all of that. And it's really funny. And I actually heard uh, his version, this version of Johnny Jump Up quite recently. I hadn't heard it before and it's absolutely amazing. I, I really like it. Can I ask can I ask a question? Yes. Before we go on. Yes. A, a delicious intercourse between the young cider and what what was the quote? 
Bulmers of Clonmel stowed a new run of cider in all wooden whiskey barrels, not realising that a delicious intercourse between the fresh young cider and the slumbering spirit would ensue. Isn't that lovely? So this, it's fantastic. It's very artistic and poetic and I like it. But my question is, is the science of that legit? <laughs> well, that that was sort of the experiment that I tried to, 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 to explore. Well, your your experiment is about the, the whiskey and cider and is it going to drive you mad and drive you insane? But my question is, the the previous stage of this whole yeah beautiful delicious intercourse like if you put cider into whiskey barrels is it really going to drain alcohol from the wood uh, i find that fairly hard to to believe Christian here from the future. Uh, I have done a little bit of research on on this, and it turns out that yes, uh, uh, ales and ciders uh, can actually become a little bit stronger from being barrel aged in all spirit casks. Uh, believable sources on Reddit are saying that they've seen an increase of upwards towards one to two percent ABV uh, when they have barrel aged uh, beer in old whiskey casks. So I was wrong. Yeah, like because in my in my experience, like six or seven years ago, me and some of my friends, we had a band and we used to play at the Taste of Dublin Food Festival and we came across a girl called Grace O'Neill who worked for kentucky pale ale at the time kpa lovely and uh she kind of took us on like uh, we did a couple of gigs over the next couple of months after that playing at promotion events for kentucky pale ale but they sent us hampers with these pale ales in them and my my biggest memory of it was now i'm not a big fan of pale ales in general i'm, I'm not into them but they had a kpa but it was a bourbon barrel oh yeah KPA. yeah yeah so the beer was or the ale was brewed in bourbon barrels for whatever amount of time and when you drink it it tastes like whiskey like it's really really strong taste but the percentage of the beer hasn't changed yeah and and that's that's also like in in this day and age like when when the song was written and and obviously also in in the when it was collected probably in the in the 60s 70s 80s uh um it, it <laughs> there wouldn't have been the sort of craft beer uh craze that we have today like this day and age you do it's it's insane the the number of of craft distilleries craft breweries like craft distilleries are are popping up ev- everywhere now that's the new thing in the whiskey yeah. world like super long tradition of storing whiskey in other barrels like sherry barrels uh, sh- sherry casks and and you would use uh, you would use port casks bourbon casks for scotch and and now today yeah. like I have I have Jameson that has been stored in a porter cask or stout cask I have I have a bottle of of Jameson that has been stored in in uh, or aged in a Malaga cask that you actually bought yeah. for me in the duty free Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the other way around as well, uh, the whole deal with with Jameson when they stored, if I'm not mistaken, when they started aging their whiskey in 
uh, in stout casks was that they would send whiskey casks to the brewery so they could st- uh, age their uh, their stout in whiskey casks, and and, yeah. and it's super common like to get to get barrel aged ales, and those barrels uh, can often be uh, have been used for whiskey or cognac or yeah, so. So no, I do not believe. I don't find find it strange at all. You would that it would uh, enhance the flavor of a cider if you aged it in a whiskey cask. But I do not think that it would affect uh, the alcohol content in in that sort of way. And again, I was wrong. Uh, it can get a little bit stronger. Uh, we're talking a few percent, but I'm going to stand by what I said in the episode. I find that the signs in Johnny Jump Up is absolute muck still. So do you think it's all in the mind? Do you think the taste of it physically being much stronger makes you believe that it's stronger and that makes you feel 10 times more drunk as you're drinking it? I, it that might be it, but I think it's more plausible that it's just creative license taken by by Mister <laughs> Mister Tyke Jordan. <laughs> that as it says here on IrishMusicDaily.com, like some of the alcohol would seep into the cider, making it as potent as rocket fuel. The science behind this is, of course, highly dubious, but it provides the basis for a wonderful song. Yeah, like it's it's obviously it's obviously ridiculous that uh, that the the cider would obviously be less alcoholic than pure whiskey, which was very much available. Like even in the song, he says, "I'll tell you a story that happened to me one day as I went down to uh, what's the name of the city again, the, the coastal town, Yall, Yall by the Yall. sea. The sun it was hot and the day it was warm. Uh, it says a quiet pint it would do me no harm. I went in and called for a bottle of stout. Well, the barman, I'm sorry, old." All beer is sold out. Try paddy or whiskey. Ten years on the wood. Well, I said I'll try cider. I heard it was good. Like, but, but obviously <laughs> that's like, the bit that got me. Sure, I've heard cider is good. Give me a pint. It makes absolutely no sense that they sort of implied that he's getting drunker off the Johnny cider that he's drinking than he would if he had just chosen paddy or whiskey paddy I, I don't know if they're referring to paddy as in paddy the brand of whiskey or if it's a particular drink or do you know no, it's, prob- it's probably the whiskey paddy is around long enough to suggest yeah. that it's the brand of whiskey it would most definitely be uh, around 40% like it would be strong liquor and and maybe even stronger than that at that point like I, I don't know how sciencey the watering down of whiskey was in 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 the 20s or thir- 30s or 40s but but at least it would definitely be stronger than cider that has had been barrel aged in in whiskey barrels so like the science is obviously bullshit <laughs> absolute muck there are verses there talking about a cripple that learns to walk again and and a corpse that that comes back to life pure finnegan wake style but but at least the first few verses to me is just an amazing like it's just sounds like a night out like one of those nights what's the what's the maddest thing you ever did on a night out are you asking me jesus i 
I I don't know. Like I've I'm the I, maddest thing that's that's publicly broadcastable. <laughs> I if I get to that point that your your man does in 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 the song, I'm I'm one to fall asleep, and you know that very well. Yeah, uh, I'll vouch for that. Everyone knows the Christ. Everyone that knows Christian knows he's notorious for falling asleep halfway through the night. Without without going into detail, have you ever gotten into trouble? On a night out, <laughs> I remember. I remember you getting into trouble one of your first nights out with us in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. What was that? <laughs> so Christian was coming to Ireland for the second time ever. He was coming to stay with me for was it four or five nights in Dublin. Yeah, and myself and my friend Brian and a few others had become very acquainted with. Donahue's pub on Marion Row and it was becoming at the time like a second home to us and I was telling Christian for months you have to come over we're going to bring you to Donahue's you're going to love it like the music is great the crack is great you're you're going to have serious fun here if you come over so Christian landed into Dublin airport and I went to help him with his bags and rather than bring the bags back to the house we landed into O'Donoghue's with all Christian's suitcases and instruments and <laughs> Left them in the corner and decided to stay there for the night. And we had a night out. But after that, after tunes and a few drinks and all, we ended up in McDonald's on Grafton Street. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah. remember now? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely, I, I do, I do. Uh, <laughs> people have to remember, this This was in my younger days. I was, I was barely, I was barely 18 uh, a lad of eighteen years of age, and and yes, I did, I did uh, open a can in the McDonald's uh, bathroom, and in front of the security did, guard, and I didn't see the security guard, and I, I I looked over at Josh, and finger to my lips, I said, shh, and then I, I turned around, and he, he was, was standing like, there looking at, and he was like. Get out! Uh, uh, good times. <clears throat> yeah, no, but 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 the same. You can safely say if that's the worst trouble you've been in, then we're doing well. Yeah, no, it's it, there's there's bound to be a few innocent <laughs> things. I've I've never gotten into proper trouble, but 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 there's so many stories that I wouldn't categorize as trouble at all. Like, imagine the same trip coming from O'Donoghue's. We 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 ended up talking to a couple of German guys that uh, were they they were there with a friend of yours josh uh yeah. and and uh when when the session was over and the pub was closed we we went over to his and the german guys uh, came with us and and another friend of yours and then we were there for a little while had a few cans and then uh the german guys uh go uh decide to leave and to go back to their hotel and and we were like ah oh, they're they're gas people nice nice lads where do you know them from uh and he was like i don't know them i thought they were your friends and and <laughs> they were just in the house with us like to this day we still have photos in the house with them like playing music and having fun and they were just like arms around us and like we have they, they look like they're friends of ours but but 
everyone thought that they were someone else's friend and turns out that they were just two German, probably tourists, that came into O'Donoghue's to experience a little bit of true Irish music and they got what they bargained for. Like, they, they got the proper experience. <laughs> Who were those guys? Who were those guys? Yeah. If you're, lis- if you're listening out there and you remember that night, send us a message. <laughs> Yeah, because we don't remember. <laughs> but but there's been there's been plenty of of uh, of trouble uh, in 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 the in the very innocent uh, sense stuff in Fecal, for example. We've we've had <laughs> Fecal Festival, Fecal Festival in 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 County Clare. We had to protect <laughs> ourselves with hurleys and we had to climb fences and and while we're talking about Fecal, actually, Fecal is. Uh, since we're doing this whole thing about uh, about cider, Fecal is actually where we were when I first tasted Bulmers, which would be definitely the most. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And was that was that me that introduced that to you? You you were drinking Bulmers exclusively. How I remember it, I'm probably wrong, but that's how I remember it. That that sounds like eighteen year old Josh, all right? Yeah. Yeah, and and that's like something I would do. Young people in Ireland are notoriously cider drinkers. Yeah, because it's easier to drink. Like I remember that very clearly when we talked about uh, about Bulmers and 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 uh, I tasted Bulmers and uh, like by all means, it's it's really nice. But that was that was very interesting to me. Like obviously today, everything is quite different from from ten years ago. Like the the craft craft is, has become. Uh, for everyone it's not for the interested yeah. anymore and you can get Bulmers or Magners as it's called in, in Norway and we'll touch on that in a second in, in the supermarket in Norway and you probably could like in, in well-stocked supermarkets at that point as well but but I hadn't tasted it what we recognise 18 year old Norwegians at that point knew as cider was like the, the super super artificially sweet uh, yeah. sort of soda style apple cider so I drank mm-hmm. cider maybe the first couple of times when I drank alcohol but I quite quickly uh, went over to, to beer because that's the standard but but had I had I tasted uh, Bulmers at that point and it wasn't much later that I came to Ireland but I would probably have had a much higher respect for cider but yeah. I was young and dumb. Bulmers were very good, like Bull or as they're known in other countries, Magners, they're very good at this. Like they perfected the standardization of cider, I think. Yeah. In terms of taste and like it's not disgusting, it's not overly alcoholic, it's it's middle of the road and it's perfect for what young people would want. Yeah. To be honest. And it's a very common drink in Ireland. Like people won't just drink pints of beer or stout or whatever. They will drink pints of cider, especially during the summer and stuff, but I think that's because Bulmers did such a good job at creating that middle ground. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the honor of, of being, uh, the one that properly introduced me to to good cider. So, uh, so okay. you can you can have that. Uh, but you also <laughs> at that approximately the same time, the same trip to Fecal, and this is this is before the whole German debacle. But uh, uh, you told me the whole thing about. Uh, uh, about Magnus Bulmer's trademarking, which I found amazingly yeah. funny. 
uh, that it's called. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. Like I don't I don't have all the legal terms or knowledge about this because, and I can't even think. I was trying to think of another company to compare it to, but there's a whole thing there to do with uh, the registration of the names of companies, and considering it's the Magners family that created this cider, and they have their orchard and their factory in Clonmel, County Tipperary. Um, you would think that it would be called Magners, which it is all around the world, but they actually weren't allowed to use their trademark name in their own country because apparently that name was already registered to another company. So in Ireland, it's known as Bulmers, and you have the reason why. Yeah, uh, and I have I have an article here from the theculturetrip.com uh, that's called A Brief History of Magners Irish Cider, also known as Bulmers, which is just amazing. So it says, I, and I'm just going to quote, this is a journalist called Kate Phelan, and it's from 2016. Uh, she writes that while the brand of cider produced locally in County Tipperary may be known as Bulmers to the people of the Irish Republic, it's referred to as Magners everywhere in the world. It was established in 1935 in Clonmel, named uh, by a man named William Magner. In 1937, he teamed up with the well-established HP Bulmer Company from England, acquiring the right to produce under the Bulmer's name in Ireland. Mm -hmm. So he actually wanted to be called Bulmer's in Ireland because Bulmer's was a reputable uh, brand. Uh, and the brand became yeah. more widespread. Following almost 10 successful years in partnership, ba- Magner decided to sell his remaining 50% stake to his colleagues, seeing the factory become uh, known as Bulmer's LTD Clonmel. So they wanted to sell uh, to Bulmer's to every Irish bar around the world. But as HP Bulmer still owned the right to that name everywhere yeah. other than Ireland, they decided to call mm-hmm. the brand after its original owner when exporting it, bringing Magner's Irish Cider uh, first to okay. Spain, then so to it's Germany. it's actually the opposite. Yeah. It's the opposite of what I thought it was. But so it's not the law. And it, was, it wasn't a clash in Ireland. It was a clash everywhere else. Yeah, but isn't that, like, isn't that interesting how, how uh, the way I remember you telling me that was like, yeah, it's called Bulmers and Bulmers, the real name, but everywhere else uh, we can't call it Bulmers. I remember you telling it the right way, but you said something. So, so, so we had to call it something else <laughs> and then it's Magners. But like, ironically... Magners would be was the man that made it was the man that named it and uh, made it and uh, yeah. and HP Bulmers is just a big English company who ironically have their own uh, form of cider on sale in the UK yeah and so, yeah it's it's yeah. it's fantastic and you can buy Bulmers as far as I know you can buy Bulmers English cider in Norway but you can buy okay. Magner's Irish cider. Yeah, like Magner's and Magner's Irish cider and Bulmer's English cider coexists in the UK. But which my, is confusing. But, but my question yeah. then is: Is there a Magner's English cider in Ireland? Let's make one. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. There is actually cider, a cider or ciders. I've seen labels like on Google Image Search called Johnny Jump Up I I think that's fantastic are they named after the song they, they must so. they must be they must be so your little experiment at the start of the episode here yeah like what's what's your conclusion do you think that certain types of alcohol and percentages will drive people more loopy than others 
Well, no, I'm a big romantic, but I'm also a firm believer in in science. And uh, and no, personally, I I don't think so. I as far as I've read, there's no scientific evidence that two different sort of drinks of the same percentage of alcohol will have different effects on you. There. It, let's say, let's just talk about let's say gin and then tequila and then whiskey. They all have forty percent alcohol, and and then most of the rest they consist of is water. And then you have a little bit of spice, uh, if it's uh, if it's um, gin or if it's Norwegian aquavit. And then you have a little bit of uh, barley residue and barley sugar and and stuff if it's if it's whiskey. And then if it's tequila, it's sugars from the the blue agave. And so, but it's so we're talking so little. And and if you drink like if you drink shots, we're talking four centiliters or or maybe five centiliters. In, in, in Ireland that to me is just people being people when they go like oh I had this mad night out on Jack Daniels when I was 16 and ever since that I, I, I can't touch Jack Daniels and one thing if- but you don't think like that the actual ingredients make a difference like no <coughs> in my experience in my experience like the one or once or twice in my life that I had Jack Daniels I felt physically angrier than I did on other whiskies pretty sure that, that must be psychological but jeez I'm not but I had no I had no idea or notion the first time I had Jack Daniels like I didn't even assume that it was going <laughs> to make I had no I had no reason to assume that it would make me feel angry you know what I mean yeah well like th- there there are obvious there are obvious uh, aspects here where you could argue that that um, the the mind frame has a lot to do with it. Like most of the time, when you drink tequila, you shot tequila uh, with a lime or a lemon slice and salt, and you're in the ah sort of mood. And obviously, that's gonna that's gonna hype you up, and that's gonna sort yeah. of that's gonna dictate what sort of night it is. And then most of the time, so do you think that it's more your mind frame chooses your style of drink? As opposed to the drink causing the mind frame. Yeah, or or that's an interesting little hot take there, a revelation like that. Yeah, well, it depend- uh, you're going to pick your drink based on how you're feeling, yeah. and then that drink is going to emphasize that. Yeah, and or or it could be obviously it could be the other way around. Like if if you're taking if 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 your friends come over and they and and they grab you and they say we're going out tonight and you're sort of tired. Uh, but but then you're 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 pushed into a a, a bar and uh, you're served up like a, a flight of tequilas with lime and 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 salt and they're all going drink 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 then then obviously the that that sort of setting and and the whole the whole situation is gonna push you into a sort of mind frame and then the alcohol yeah. is is a big part of that if you're sitting and sipping aquavit norwegian aquavit that tastes mostly of like licorice uh, well don't be a dick it's lovely it's absolutely <laughs> lovely it, ta- it actually tastes it actually tastes very like the tea that i've just drank just now <laughs> which is interesting yeah but 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 usually you drink that as a part of um of uh, a Christmas meal with with smoked mm-hmm. mutton uh, and see my this is my problem my my experience of Akovitz is having it fed to me while gigging in Tunsberg yeah so in an so Irish to, bar. to you that <laughs> so to you it's a very Aqu- different experience to you Akovitz is 
is a trashy drink that that is a part of like the crazy uh, gigging life with drunken people in boondocks in Tunsberg going drink drink and you playing tunes while being fed while as to me Aquavit is wearing a suit and tie being all dolled up eating eating the Christmas dinner on the 24th of December it's all about what you associate with the drink with and I there's so what you're saying is context is everything context is everything it's a great old ex- it's a great old excuse though you know yeah especially in Ireland like you can blame the drink yeah for anything that you did oh god you did this and you did that but it's okay you were drunk yeah <laughs> well don't worry about don't worry about it that's actually a big thing in Ireland don't worry about it sure you were locked <laughs> don't worry we'll we'll let it go these things happen or the the running joke on uh, every Irish pub ever or every night out ever that they did on the Republic of Telly a few years ago. The boss comes in and he goes, Maloney, why are you late? And your man goes, I was on the piss, boss. <laughs> and he goes, fair enough. I love <laughs> fair it. Fair enough. I'll see you later. I love it. I did to some to some extent that is a good uh, motto to have that things aren't they they usually aren't as bad as you think they are. But but don't drive a bus and drink, please. So many lives. <laughs> exactly, yeah. As long as you don't go driving a bus or flying a plane, you're safe. Yeah. But but with all of that said, I I, I think it would be lovely if anyone wanted to send us in uh, any recipes for if, if you've tried to if, if you decide to go and, and try to make your own Johnny Jump Up a little bit more <laughs> elaborate than, than what I did with, with a little bit of cider mm-hmm. and a and a drop of whiskey in it, then then please send us in a a recipe. What I'd love to hear as well is any of your drunk stories. Oh yeah. Any of those mad stories that we want to hear the maddest things that happened to you on nights out. So send that in, email it to us at And what did you drink? Yeah, exactly. What drives you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can find us as well on our social media platforms, like I said, Facebook, Instagram, but you'll find us anyway if you look for us in the usual places. And we have an email address, I mentioned it a second ago. And all of that good stuff. So if you want to send us your stories, your ideas, your hints, your uh, anything at all, really, your complaints. Like I said, we, we won't always read them. <laughs> good to get them in there. If you disagree with us, if you agree with us, if you have anything to say at all, just send us an old message. Yeah, definitely do. Suggestions for guests, actually, and suggestions for songs. We want all of that good stuff. Anything and all. And if you have suggestions for, for even segments in, in, in the show, things you want to hear us talk about, then then definitely send us in. Uh I'm I'm uh, I before we sign off, I, I one more thing that I wanted to mention somewhere in the pod that I I forgot. But I just wanted to say, Josh, you an Irish speaker, do you know what cider is in Irish? Asquelga. Ooh. Cause I know. Oh my goodness. I I really should know. This is embarrassing. Do you want me you to tell me you? by surprise. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Laun ul, depending on the um, dialect. But but how yeah. Do you, how do you spell it? L-E-A-N-N, as in... Lan. 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 So... What's a lan? Ale. Like I Apple what, ale. Uh, oh, okay. There you go. Ten points to Gryffindor. You had me there. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, I only have one more thing to say, and that's Turalura. Turalura. Turalura.